it's great that you've chosen to join us for this episode of the Joshua Centre podcast. Last week we thought about the problem of participation, the challenge of collaboration. This week we're going to continue exploring that theme by looking in more depth at the MBTI we were saying last week can help us work together more effectively as teams. Dan Rogers, who will be joining me again for this episode of the podcast, is an MBTI practitioner, as well as being the director of the Joshua Centre. I'm Jack Shepherd, and I'll be starting soon as the missional priest in the parish of Dalton and Up Holland. In this episode, We'll be finding out what MBTI is, discussing criticisms of it, and asking how it can help us in leading new congregations. Okay, so Myers-Briggs, or otherwise known as the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, um, sometimes referred to as the MBTI, if you want to get into jargon, um, it's basically a tool to help people um, classify themselves, not being classified by other people, but help, help people to classify themselves um, in terms of their preferences. And you get to answer a few questions and think about what your preferences are in those areas. And it, it builds a picture of a person according to what they prefer in certain things, and which helps you to build a, a fairly quick way of, a shorthand way of understanding them. It's not comprehensive, but it's shorthand and it can be helpful. What kind of questions yeah. have you done here, Dan? <laughs> Well, if you were to spend the whole day on your own, um, at the end of it, would you feel energised or drained? I feel very energised so, if I uh, spend time with other people. I, I mean, I value yeah. time by myself, but I definitely feel more energised when I'm around others than when I spend the yeah. day on my own. Um, so that's how you would answer that question. Whereas many people would say, oh no, I, I'm quite happy. I'm ready to spend time with other people after I've had a good amount of time recharging the batteries on there. Yeah. So I know yeah. that there's E and I, so extrovert and introvert. I'm introvert, that's the first one. There's S and N. Yeah, so sensing and intuition. Obviously intuition doesn't begin with M, but we've already had an I over here, so that's why they do that. Yeah, I always find that a bit bonkers. But... No, but you wouldn't want to be an I, you're, you're pre otherwise your preference would be I, I, which doesn't make any sense. So they had to just call it N, just intuition. I remember so the first time E or I, S or N. The first time I saw it, they did like a big N on a sheet of paper and each point of the N had like a little S on it. So uh, the difference between thinking of like the details of the S and the big picture yeah, yeah. with the N yeah. is helpful. Yeah. And yeah. there is T and F. Yeah. So that's thinking and feeling. That's how you make, that's how you make decisions. So for the extrovert or introversion, that's where you get your energy from. Sensing intuition, that's where you prefer to, the type of information you prefer. Um, thinking or feeling, that's the type of, that's how you prefer to make decisions. And then the final one is P and J, isn't it? So P is judging right. and J is judging. Yeah, and that's to do with how you like to order your life. So let's see like four, four things. Um, Perceiving is someone who likes their life open and, and like malleable and someone who likes to order their life in a judging way. They like it decided beforehand and planned, essentially. So there's four preference pairs and then, so they're essentially about uh, energy, information, decision making and 
um, structuring your life. So the, the extrovert, the, the first one and the second one, and the last one, they relate to how you engage with the world. And the middle two, they're, they're about your kind of internal processes, how you, how you, what you prefer on that stuff. Okay, so, so I'll give you an example then. Dave. I'll give you an example of, of, of all of them, just, just really quick. So extrovert is, I get energy from being with people, I love going to parties, I leave a party and I'm buzzed. An introvert is like, um, I'm happy to go to a party and I've spent all day on my own, but if I haven't spent all day on my own, I've been um, with other people all day, then I'm really not very happy to go to a party because I'm going to be already drained. Or an introvert would be like, once I've been to a party, um, I will leave and I want to shut down. Whereas an extrovert in the car home will be like, bah, 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 wasn't it great? Didn't you chat to this person? Da, 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 da. An introvert would be like, will you shut up? <laughs> I'm done with people. So that's the extra injury. It's about energy. It's all about energy. What buzzes, what makes you buzz. Sensing and intuition is about sensing is like physical information, facts, data, observations. So did you see what color the car was? Uh, that's sensing. Intuition is, um, did you notice how fast it went? Like, well, it felt really fast, felt really excited. The car feels fast and exciting. That's intuitive. And sensing is the car is green and it has, um, um, really nice um, alloy hubs. I remember when we did when we did this on a staff day uh, oh, yeah. ten years ago, and they sent the people who were N off in one group and the people who were S in another group. Yeah, asked us to uh, describe uh, what a great party would involve. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Uh, and the people like me who were in M were like, oh well, you know, there's got to be a sense of fun. There's got to be some games. Uh, they've got, there's got to be laughter. People have to be, you know, having an opportunity to spend time having a bit of a chat with each other, all quite yeah. warm and fuzzy. And then the people in the uh, S group were like, oh, well, people have to know how long they're going to be there for. Ah. You've got to have a good venue. Yeah. Uh, people have to know the directions to get there. Yeah. There's got to be enough light in the room. Yeah. I mean, we were really surprised at, the answers yep. that the opposite group gave just because we saw this par perfect party yeah in such a contrasting way <laughs> yeah you very quickly become aware of it when you're trying to do anything because you're looking for different things a hundred percent you know you just the intuitive person is just thinking oh is this going to be interesting is this going to be fun am i going to like it oh generally oh just vague vague you know just oh you know lick my finger and see where the wind's blowing whereas the sensing person's going uh well is it under 30 pounds um and how do i measure it and can i book it online or you know all that kind of stuff you know uh so that's the, that's that it's, it's so very interesting be that or we, we, that? so which of those two would you be uh, i'm intuitive yeah so i'm very i'm vague you can pin me down to details but only through years of practice um, and if I and if I'm just being lazy, I'll just be vague. And I will be very happy with being vague. I'll just say, someone says to me, "How do you get to your parents-in-law house, uh, which is in North Wales?" I just go, "Just drive north from London and turn left at Chester." My dad is a sensing person. I hope you won't mind me saying it to the wider world. And he will generally know the mileage between towns from his house to the, where he's going to, like. Oh, well, that's 283 miles from, you know, um, 
London to Stoke, which it probably isn't. That's completely wrong. Um, but he'll know. He'll know. And by junction 13 on the motorway, you'll have gone 280. You know, whatever. And I'll be like, I don't know. I don't even look at the mileometer. You know, it's not relevant. People get very frustrated with me because they ask me all kinds of facts about people that I'm friends with. Yeah. So they'll say, you know, what did Dan study when he was at university? Or, you know, yeah. where in Liverpool did Dan grow up? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I feel a bit embarrassed because I think, well, I should know that. That's such an obvious fact about that person. Like my friends yeah, yeah. what they were studying. But I'd know what their personality was like. Yeah. And you might know how they would respond to a given situation. Yeah. But you just don't know data on their background. Yeah, yeah. And both are useful. And that's the whole beauty of the Myers-Briggs thing. It's, it's trying to value, it's trying to say there is no right or wrong. I mean, I know that's very trendy, isn't it? But it's very, it really is true. There is no right or wrong preference. There's just preference. So if your preference is sensing, that's fine. And if your preference is intuition, that's fine. But if you know that, then you tend not to hate the person who's different from you. <laughs> you tend to, whereas if you don't know that, you just think, why are you being so weird? You know? <laughs> Why are you being so uptight or why are you being so vague? Whereas if you think, oh, it's just what you're like. This is your preference. You know, you're, this is how you're wired. Then you think, all right, well, that's how you're wired. And you're not being difficult deliberately. You're just, that's just you. Um, so that's why it's kind of helpful. The, the thinking and feeling, they're like, it's not, it, it could be used to um, put the other person down. Like you make decisions by your feelings. You make decisions by your thinking. You know, don't you have any empathy? Don't you have any logic? It's not really like that. It's like, it's more about values. It's interesting when, when I did the Myers-Briggs for the first time, that they got people to line up in different sections of the room, depending on whether they were F or T. Okay. And when this happened, all of the people on the staff team, who I thought at some point definitely hadn't liked me. Oh, right. Went over to the T. Ah. And I was there in the F side of the room. Yes. And that for me was a realization which is really helpful. Yeah. If people are quite sort of rational and logical and can seem maybe a bit cold, yeah. a bit detached, yeah. that doesn't necessarily reflect that they hate me. No, no. It might just be because they have a different personality type. Yeah, yeah. They're just not gushing. They yeah. don't, they're not trying to make you feel good. They're not interested. And I found that I actually really need teas in my life. Yeah, yeah. They're the, they're the people who keep me quite balanced. balanced. Yeah, yeah. And critically reflective. Yeah. Something about having sort of people who are the opposite in, and around you. Yeah. So the final one, that P and J. Yeah, this is the hardest to define. It's just like how you like to structure your life, perceiving or judging. That The words for me don't really work because judging is usually a, a tied in with being judgmental and everybody knows that's bad and judging doesn't sound very good. But it's, it's more, it's, and perceiving is just like, that feels okay, but it's a bit kind of vague. So really judging is like, almost just like being decisive, being having like a, for, a sense of forethought and a plan and a, a strategy if you like for how you want your day to go how you want your week to go um whereas being perceiving in how you structure your life is just maybe responding to life a bit more organically just kind of going oh well you know 
I'll see what happens today because I need to be responsive to the day. I need to keep it open. Because I, I, and when a judging person comes across a fact, a, per, a, a situation which they perceive to be wrong, they will just say, is it right or is it wrong? Does it fit the plan or is it out of line with the plan, right? Whereas a perceiving person will go, yeah, but what's the reason why they did that? What's the, what's the can we understand what was going on, on in their heart when they did that behavior? And that might help us give a bit more intuition, uh, a bit more discernment, a bit more. So there's those kind of dynamics going on between kind of, it's almost static and fluid, um, I would say. It's pre, pre-planned or kind of or, you know, evolving is probably the best way of saying P and J. As a stereotype, a judging person will be quite comfortable having a written down prayer. Liturg- liturgy would appeal to a J and extemporized prayer would appeal to a P. Is there a common consensus on which personality type Jesus would be? No, not really, no. Because because <laughs> he was Jesus is the, the perfect person, is totally balanced. So he hasn't got he didn't have any flaws. <laughs> so so usually the thing about preferences where it becomes interesting is when you see someone's flaws and it enables you to accommodate for their flaws, or you're just getting irritated with them. And it enables you to respect them rather than being irritated. Whereas you don't see Jesus getting unduly irritated or being irritating. Uh, do you know what I mean? So, you know, that's one thing. Also, you know, there's just almost not enough trivial information about Jesus, really. You don't get information in the Gospels that said Jesus, you know, dithered for about five hours in Capernaum because he couldn't quite make up his mind whether to go left or right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say it doesn't go into that much detail whereas maybe he did i don't know um or or jesus really was really upset that the olives um were a bit too warm he liked them cold so you know we don't get that information about jesus do you we're told the key things that we need to know about jesus aren't we we're told that he was human you know fully human yeah. without being yeah. told the exact details of yeah. what kind of human personality he looked like or exactly what he looked like yeah, and I think that's deliberate, isn't it? Because otherwise we try and, we try and emulate that. And there's no need to, because we, we can all be different. Because a lot of people talk about how they see Myers-Briggs as pigeonholing, how they don't like that categorising. Yeah, yeah I, I do get it. Um, but the thing is, with, with something like Myers-Briggs, and there's loads of things like it, it's like, but particularly with Myers-Briggs, no one should be telling you what you are. So if you're, if you're self-selecting what, what preference you have and you're saying, actually, I think I'm this preference and that preference, then who's pigeonholing who? Because they're not pigeonholing you. You, you self-select. You say, actually, I think this is my preference. There you go. There you go. That's fine. So that whole pigeonholing thing is, I think, a bit of an unfair accusation by people who haven't really thought it through. Um, and they've probably had experience of people who have gone, oh, yeah, she's an S and she's an N. And I would just say, Whoa, 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 just bring it back. Let's not be saying, telling other people what their preferences are. That's a bit arrogant. Let's ask them what their preferences are and say to them, do you think you are more sensing or intuitive and allow them to inform us because they are themselves and we are not them. So for us to tell them that they are sensing intuitive is a little bit presumptuous. So that'd be my thought on that. Um, not being imposed from some sort of outside expert or like an astrologer looking at the stars. Yeah. When that happens, it's being misused. Mm. And when you get trained as a, as a practitioner, you get told about that kind of stuff. And so um, it's being misused. So, 
you know, people are sometimes reacting to a, to the misuse of the tool. And if so, if they've had a bad experience, then understandable, but it shouldn't, they shouldn't, people shouldn't have that experience because nobody should be telling me what food I like. It's like, I'll tell you what food I like. And if you tell me what food I like, I'm going to think you're a bit weird and maybe just get slightly annoyed with you. So, you know, don't tell me that I prefer ideas if I am actually a sensing person, because I probably know me best. How would you say, particularly in terms of sort of leading new worshipping communities, mm. Myers-Briggs type indicators can make a difference? Well, if, if it's, just like, it's just like in a marriage. If you know what the preferences of your partner are, then it just helps you not to annoy them too much. Um, and it helps you not to get too annoyed with them and just just multiply that to if you're in a team of people if you understand that someone makes a decision like a thinker then you will accommodate for their um, possibly a little bit brusque approach to decisions that you're discussing and you'll, you'll say they're not being horrible they're being pragmatic they're mm -hmm. wanting to get the job done they're not wanting to make me feel good and that's okay <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah um, whereas I, I, you might prefer the people who, who actually don't care about getting the job done. They just want to make everyone feel okay. And that's okay as well. You know, so in a team context, in your leadership teams, that can be worth knowing because then you're less likely to um, fall out unnecessarily um, in your leadership team. Because if you know what each other's natural preferences are, then uh, you, can, you, can, you, can just, you can just give them a bit of grace to say, yeah, okay, their preferences are like, INTJ. So, okay, so an INTJ, I, I just know some experience with lots of people who are INTJs, preferences, they want to have a big macro theoretical plan, a framework. They love all that. Whereas an, R, an ESFP couldn't care less about the big macro theoretical framework. So, you've got an ESFP who generally is probably like Jamie Oliver compared to an INTJ. He's a bit more like um, the emperor in Star Wars, and you put them on a team, they're not going to get on. Yeah. They're not going to be best mates, probably, because they're just like, he's into chess, he's into, you know, extemporized, you know, drama or cooking. You know, it's like he wants to paint the flat interesting shades of, you know, pink and magenta, and he wants to um, read Encyclopedia Britannica. It's just like, what? You know, so if you're on a team with that and you know what's going on, I think that's dead. I think that's dead helpful, and I've used it so much in teams I've been in. You know, it allows you just to be gracious with with each other more than you would usually be. Um, I think we can naturally find people who are a different personality type quite annoying. Yeah. So I've often found we're totally egocentric, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. We like to be. Why are they like me, the idiots? People exactly like me. Yeah. But. I, as, as someone who is ENFJ, okay, yeah. I find that being around people who are P's can be quite frustrating. Oh, yeah. Like, can you just crack on with it and like stick with the plan? Yeah, always late. Yeah, always, always late. late. <laughs> because ENFP don't value being on time. It's like, I don't need to be on time. Being on time doesn't matter to me. So I'm going to turn up you know, five minutes after the meeting starts because then I'll be in the thick of it. Whereas say to someone, should we do this next week? Yeah, yeah. And then the day before they'll say, oh yeah, and the plan will be out the window. Yeah. And that is when, like you, what you said earlier about when people use it to pigeonhole themselves and to justify their own selfishness, essentially. That's when Myers-Briggs is really unhelpful because just because you have a preference doesn't mean you get your preference. 
mm. or you should do your preference. I might have a preference that um, I sleep into 11, but you know, every day and work till seven. But if I work for someone who needs me to be in from nine till five, then I'd better jolly well get in for nine, even though that's not my preference, because there's going to be a consequence if I don't. And I better not stay till seven because they might be looking up. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I want to, it's my preference to work till seven or whenever I choose. It's like, well, stop being a flipping diva and just stick, get with the program. You know, so every preference needs to be tailored to reality and not used as a justification for your own selfishness. Really. I think that awareness is so important because it might be that the other person is completely oblivious. They might not have ever done Myers-Briggs. Yeah, yeah. They might be really sceptical about it. Yeah, yeah. But you might be there having done it and knowing what you are. And therefore you might recognise, you know, that there are some people who have this other personality type that is different to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think, well, there are people who, you know, their preference is that they're often running a little bit late and you know, they're yeah, a bit yeah. spontaneous and sort of like to do stuff a bit more last minute. And for me, as someone who's aware of it, it's like, how can I learn to work with people who are like that rather than just falling out when they're acting according to their personality type, when they don't know that? How can I, as someone who has this to hand as a tool, how can I be using that to work together more effectively as a team? Agree some expectations. So if you're, if you're the team leader, and you want everyone to, if you want the meeting to start at three o'clock and you know so-and-so isn't going to arrive till five past three, then you might want to lie to them and say the meeting starts at 2.45. <laughs> just a tactical way. I've used it with my friends who are like that. I just think, do you know what? I'm just going to tell them to get here for two because I want to leave at three because I know they'll be here at 2.40. That's just how I, that's just how I navigate that. I just, it's not so much a lie as like, I just adjust my expectations. It's like what airlines do when they say the flight is two hours, 45 minutes and it's never, and they're always early because actually the flight is two hours, five minutes, but they'd say it's two hours, 45. So they can always say they're early. Right. I would say adjust your expectations to, to suit when you're communicating with that person to suit that person so that you get what you want and they get what they want. And we're all happy. You know? So with St. Paul's, we will, we, we will choose a time uh, for our PCC meeting like we did last night, which is quarter of an hour before the actual meeting starts. Yeah, yeah. So as someone who is a J, at that meeting I was on the computer about three minutes early, sort of waiting for the meeting to kick off. Yeah, yeah. But someone else who is more of a P has a space that they won't turn up for the start of the uh, discussion time, for the refreshments beforehand, but Hopefully they'll get there, you know, just in time for the actual yeah. sort of logistics of the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. So if they're going to, if they're going to be in totally self, you know, revolving and totally live according to their own preferences, that is totally selfish. And hopefully they won't be totally selfish, but if they are going to be totally selfish, then either you need to just shrug and say, well, okay, I'm just going to let love cover the multitude of their sin. Or you challenge them with truth in love and you say, look, I think you're just being a bit inconsiderate to how everyone else is feeling. And, you know, I appreciate you're a late kind of a guy, but, you know, you need to be aware that that's ruffling the feathers here and it's not very considerate. And actually there's room for growth even within your preference. So that's the last thing I would want to say on, on Myers-Briggs. It's like there, is, there, are, there are 
extra elements to it called type development um, and, that, and type dynamics. Type development is when you essentially say, I may be an N, but the older I get, the more I should be exploring the sensing side of life so that I'm not imbalanced and I'm not inconsiderate. And if I don't at least, if I don't develop the other things which are not my preference, then I'm essentially saying, I'm gonna pigeonhole myself and be a very narrow-minded, narrow capacity, narrow interest, narrow relational kind of person. And it's kind of like saying, I'm the only person in the universe that counts and people like me are the only people the people I'm gonna to talk to. And you know, it's just like, it's quite limiting. Whereas if you say, I'm this personality preference, there's loads of others and I'm gonna just learn to extend myself in lots of different directions as I get older because I can and because it's useful to other people. So, you know, yeah, you sh people shouldn't hide behind it. No, that's not right. So where, where would you, if people are interested in finding out more about Myers-Briggs and maybe if people wanted to use that with their teams, uh, where would you suggest people look? Well, um, there's a thing called the buzz test, which you can search online, which is very, very surface level, scratching the surface of the whole thing, but it gives you an essential, a bit of an idea. So the buzz test, and that's what people do with young people, uh, and that can be helpful. Or you can, there's an organization at the other end of the spectrum, there's the Myers-Briggs organization who are in Oxford and you can become, you can spend a lot of money and become a, kind of a, you know, do a test with one of their people and it costs about 30 quid and it depends how deep you want to go into it, the whole thing really. Um, so yeah, you just have to find um, what your thing is. If you want to get a test done, um, I can do that for anyone who wants to. So if you just want to email me, um, I can get access to that test because only only people who are practitioners can get can get the tests and, and do them because there's a lot of stuff that goes with it. So if you want to go into depth with it, then people should should contact me um, and I'm I, I can do that. But if people just think I just want to basically know, then there's loads of stuff online. Just search MBTI, search the Myers Briggs organisation, just do a bit of you know light research and maybe go do the buzz test on the internet. There's loads of little tests out there, aren't there? So, yeah loads yeah and having done you know a few of them actually most of them have sort of given me the right personality type have sort yeah. of recognized me according to how i describe myself in terms of mbti yeah but yeah. actually do a few of them maybe to see if any themes are yeah. coming up because it might be you know they've not all been sort of professionally developed to sort of test yeah. internet, but there might be themes that run through yeah so yeah. yeah i think that's sensible yeah yeah because sometimes the wording can be a little bit off in one question and the wording in a different question for the same personality pair preference pair might be better in a different test and that might bring a bit of clarity if you're hearing this part of the podcast it means that you have successfully reached the end of this episode i'll be including a link to the buzz test as well as to the myers Briggs type indicator official website in the show notes below this episode of the podcast in the show notes there will also be a link so that you can send us a voice message Although I've been involved in making these episodes of the Joshua Centre podcast, I've been enjoying listening to them as I've been travelling in my car. 
you might like to let us know in a voice message where you've been listening to the Joshua Centre podcast as well as any questions you'd like to be addressed in future episodes. In true Sesame Street style, I'd like to let you know that this episode of the Joshua Centre podcast is brought to you by the letter O. If you collect these letters through listening to the Joshua Centre podcast and you are the first to let me know what phrase they spell out, you'll be able to win a prize, a book that I'll make sure is sent to you in the post. Just to remind you, this episode of the Joshua Centre podcast is brought to you by the letter O. (laughs) Look forward to seeing you next week.